The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Hello, welcome to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. My name is John Adaconis. I am a director of marketing at the Hartford. I'm here with my co-host, Gene Marks, uh, small business extraordinaire. <laughs> I always thought it was John Adaconis, actually. It's Adaconis. Yeah, it's a super phonetic last name. So we were talking right before we started airing this. And, and by the way, everybody, John is, is our new host and partner here on the Small Biz Ahead podcast. So welcome. Thank Taking you. over for uh, for Elizabeth. And we're glad that uh, so glad that you're here. Um, but you were sick over the holidays. I was sick. You had bronchitis, though. I did, yes. It was a it was a nice excuse to relax and kind of have an easy holiday season. Yeah, I I got violently ill on um, Christmas Eve. I went and no. saw the Star Wars movie, which did not make me violently ill, although it was okay. But then I went out to dinner and like it was bad. It was like food poisoning. So same thing. So like all of Christmas Day, I just laid around and like did like nothing. And you know what? That was okay. Yeah, you know, I think it's the first year ever where I got to relax at the end of the year and take an inventory and recharge, and the circumstances that prompted that weren't good, but it was actually good when I started to think about what am I trying to do in 2020, because I was stuck with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny here, and it's it's the, because it was two weeks this year, you know, it was a Wednesday, and a Wednesday was Christmas Day, and a New Year's Day. It's like both those two weeks were just gone. Yeah. True. It went by very fast. Yeah. And here at the Hartford, it was empty from what I heard. It was like a ghost town. Yeah. I feel um, the second week I worked, yeah. so I took the first week and then I kind of did half days the second week. So I didn't come back to being buried from a total absence. <laughs> right. right. Um, so it's kind of nice. It's, it's a good time to catch up as well. It's cool. All right. Well, guys, you know, what we have to talk about stuff about holidays and vacations and days off for businesses. Like during this two week period of time, like my company, I run a 10 person company outside of Philly and uh, we didn't have any days closed. Gotcha. I mean, we okay. were not even closed Christmas because all of my employees work from whenever and wherever and for whatever clients, it's up to them right. to when they want to work. But it'd be interesting to know from our listeners and from other business owners, like what their policies are over another topic for another time. Yeah. So. It varies a lot too. I mean, we work with a lot of small groups um, as enterprise partners. Right. I feel like it's a 50, 50 bag, right? How right. them take a solid two week. Everyone takes their time, goes back home, comes back refreshed. Some are kind of nonstop. You know, I'm the kind of person where I work 24 seven. Like, yeah. I can't detach. Yeah. Um, it's a personal flaw. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to sometimes remember that people understand that they can have a balance and take it. So very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. So on to our topic. Yeah. So we are here today to talk about something a little less uh, relaxing than the mm. holidays, mm. Um, but really about market research. And when you're thinking that you have this great idea or product or service that you want to launch into the world, um, share with your communities and take that risk as a small business owner. How do you find out about um, what the need is, what the opportunity is, how you can kind of refine and optimize that and, and end up with something that really serves the need of your customer base? And we, uh, both of us, and I guess we'll take a break for a sponsor, but both of us have some stories to tell. Um, I made a giant market research mistake with my company. I think you also in a prior life did as well, right? Yeah. So in yeah. a prior job, uh, not so much on launch, but failing to research something before we decided to put it into the okay, world. That was, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Okay. Let's take a break for a short break for a sponsor and let's come on back and let's talk about how to do the right kind of market research for your product before you release it out. Fair enough. Sounds good. Okay. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. And we're back. So you were saying, John, that um, let's talk your story first. So what mistake did you make with a product launch? So I was managing a restaurant at the time. Okay. And we were switching food vendors. Right. And so um, it was a largely American kind of casual menu. You know, we had everything from burgers to chicken, you know, steak dinners, pizzas, things like that. Right. Um, one of our most popular items was a grilled chicken sandwich. And you don't think when your sales are largely dependent on probably four items out of 20. Right. That something as simple as grilled chicken could make a huge difference. We had went with a vendor who used a different brand of chicken. You know, cost was comparable, quality was supposed to be comparable, and we took that at face value and just put it out to the other restaurants in our group. I think there were four at the time. Um, you know, and in combined, probably some version of a chicken sandwich made up about 15% of our sales. Okay. The first week, you know, we noticed that that starts to dwindle a little bit. And within a month, like, you know, beef has come back. So, so wait, so let me get this. You're, you're selling the chicken sandwich in the restaurant. You change vendors. Change vendors. So it's a different kind of chicken. Doesn't all chicken taste the same? You would think, but this was literally the rubber chicken skin. No of, kidding. Yeah. Wow. Um, so people were getting the sandwich and clearly hating it and not buying it. I guess you had a lot of regulars at the restaurant as yeah, well, right? It was very much kind of like that staple Holy in your man. community. We had a couple in different neighborhoods. So you had a yeah. fair amount. So the, the joy of that is that the, the voice of customer is really easy to get because they're comfortable telling you. <laughs> and so you start to hear when it's like, hey, you switched up. Yeah, your chicken's rubbery. Like, well, what do you mean? Our chicken's <laughs> like it's been around for the past three or four years. It was a newer concept. Um, did really well. You know, mm. we had this very kind of interesting mix and just did not go well. So in order to get back, then you're trying, you go to your vendor and like, hey, people hate this chicken, which again looks... Yeah, it looks you like know, chicken. Regular chicken. Um, and I'm sure the vendor was like, what are you talking about? It's our chicken. Like, everybody loves our chicken. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you start testing through different brands. We finally landed pretty quickly. It was within a two or three week turnaround on a better right. chicken product. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a... I mean, and the repercussions of that is that if I go into a restaurant and I have a lousy grilled chicken sandwich, I'm probably not going to order it again. Right. So, so it, you lose customers for like long term. I mean, maybe I'll still order something else. Sure. But that, that, food, that product that was a big seller for you suddenly dries up, right? Yeah. And I mean, when you're working in a small business, you know, your cost of goods is everything. Sure. That was a really efficient product to sell. Wow. So when you start switching a comparable meal, but it has a higher cost to mm. sell, mm. Yeah, I mean, you can hit your profit three or four points right. within the span of a week if that's your primary product, right? Right. So not only are you leaving kind of a bad legacy and probably impacting a little bit of your business flow, but now it's costing you more to do the same business, you know, and it's it not... Not well thought out before we put it in. Okay, so if you could go back in time and do it again, what would you have done differently before introducing this new chicken sandwich? Yeah, so I think test and learn, right? right. So I think anytime you want to change a staple of your business or you know a staple ingredient if you're in the food service world or a product if you're in retail, you don't have to go all in if it's a like a little tweak. Mm. It's not going to kill you to, to try it for a couple of days or give mm. it a week or kind of maybe do a even a soft opening, like, hey, these are new menu items or a special event, kind of get some feedback before right. you say, like, this is going to be my core good, because you you don't know. In your head, you can make a lot of assumptions, and they're logical. Like, instinctually, it feels like, oh, this is an even swap. Um, 
but you never know how that's going to land. And right. I think that, you know, in, in our current state, brand more than ever is tied to customer experience. It's right. not just a reputation that people think about anymore. Like they feel it. And if you're in a physical type of business, then they're going to experience that through the products of the service that you sell. Right. Um, so I highly recommend before making any decision, figuring out how to get that in front of your community, getting some feedback from that community, and really not making a, a bold decision on a key decision. On a, on a, on a key product as right. well for the business. Right. Until you have enough input or at least kind of a gauge outside of your four walls, outside of your own head. And, and figure out how the people who are actually going to be consuming and experience your product feel about it. Makes sense. So, okay. So as a marketing guy, I'm going to test you again. You, that example that you gave me was an existing restaurant with an existing product line with existing customers. So right. that was kind of all built in and you had the community there. What would you say to somebody starting up a business that doesn't have, and maybe they've got a brand new product to launch. Right. What, what would you tell them to do? So I think there's two ways you can think about it. So it might be a new product, but it's an existing category. Right. So look at what your peers are doing. So, you know, if we were to bring it back to a restaurant example, if you're trying to open the next neighborhood kind of fast casual or fine dining or whatever that is that you're trying to kind of put into the world, look at three or four peers. Like, yeah. who do you want to be? What do they do? How do people think about them, talk about them? You know, the internet's kind of amazing in that sense where, you know, you get the extreme. Sure. So you're going to get the people who are, online, you know, they're, they're very open with their feelings um, and those hmm. can tend to be negative. Right? Yeah. But you can also kind of get those advocates who are really kind of praising the brand. I say look for the middle ground. So say it's, you know, something on Yelp, look for the three-star reviews. Okay. And if people are being fair, kind of what are the pros, what are the cons? And, and you can start to build up baselines, like what do people enjoy? Right. What don't they? Right. You know, kind of where... Where is there room for growth or to kind of peel back? So in other words, what you're saying though is that you're launching a new product. It's unlikely that the product that you're launching is something nobody's ever seen it before. It's probably, there's probably something similar that's out there or there's obviously there's competition that's out there already. Um, the idea there is to see what the competition is doing. Right. And what they're doing potentially wrong right. or they're, you, you can at least do better. Right. Or what they're doing really right and how can you learn from it? So. Well, I think that the key there is not to then try and replicate your competition or mm -hmm. not to let their praise drag you down, mm -hmm. but take it as a textbook, right? So right. here's a case study. This is what worked. This is what didn't. This is what I can learn. Right. And figure out how you can start to kind of measure those metrics that you've now identified against your own product. And that can be a lot of different things. So if it's, you know, putting together a focus group, um, if it's reaching out to an independent research vendor, if it's just talking to your friends and family, because maybe they are the target audience that you're really trying to reach with this new idea. Sure. Um, you know, and, and start to kind of poke at those things and get a little bit more in depth on what does that mean and what does that mean to the consumer? Because we might call it one thing, but someone experiences it in a different way. Makes sense. That's great. Um, so I'm going to tell you my story um, and then we, we can dovetail this back to some takeaways. Okay. So um, my company, we sell five software products. We sell CRM applications, customer relationship management, sure. like Salesforce, Dynamics, you know, uh, Microsoft products, that kind of stuff. So um, we, one of the products that we sell, um, I, I wanted to have a website that was going to provide training for this product. And it okay. was going to be like, you know, all throughout the day, live video training for this product. So if you're, you know, you're using it at a company and you want to learn how to use, you know, certain functions over to whatever you would sign up for the live training. We would have people doing that throughout the day and you pay like a subscription fee to get, right? So I built this website, built this training platform, um, launched it. Nobody came. I mean, we spent like 
50 grand getting this thing up and running and uh, nobody visited this website. And this is even after getting out there and, you know, with Google ads and trying to, people visited the site, but then nobody signed up for the actual service. It was like a complete and total failure. And this happened like about a year ago and it was not pleasant. But what we did is we turned it around and we moved it to um, something else. Like I'm doing something else with it as well, which I have better expectations for. So what were my mistakes? Right? <laughs> you, know, um, you had mentioned about serving your existing customers, okay? I didn't do that. I mean, I, it's like I had this idea in my head and I thought that it would work because it was my idea. So why wouldn't everybody love it? Right. Instead of like opening myself up and actually asking what the community would want. And I had customers that I could have gone out and surveyed and I just didn't do that. You know, secondly, the other thing I didn't do is, and you had mentioned this earlier with the, with the, the you're launching a new product for a startup. I, I didn't survey the competition. There was nobody out there providing training, live training all day for the products that we were selling. And there was probably a reason why, right. you know, I mean, people, you know, I mean, I'm not that bright to come up with some brand new, innovative, I'm not inventing Uber, you know what I mean? Right, but that's a good point, because if, if absolutely no one is doing it, there's probably two reasons, right? So one, it's... You've invented of, Uber. Right, it's okay. like a brilliant idea that's like, it comes to you in a vision, right? Which is probably unlikely for right, most of us, right? Yeah. But then there's the thing, did it... Did it not work or right. is it not of interest or is there a different way to execute it, right? So, right. you know, I, I hear you talking about training. So is that more of a value add where then you can think about like an increase in your base price right? and it becomes adding value to a service and kind of helps cement like your expertise, you know, versus someone thinking about like, oh, I can do it myself because we also live in the world of Pinterest and DIY, right? Where it's correct. people want burlap. Like they, that's they, correct. They don't they want a napkin that looks like it at their wedding, right? So, I think um, I think part of the hurdle is understanding this level of self confidence that so many people have, and which is great. You know, we have things like YouTube and technology, and we can teach ourselves a lot in a really short time. But when you are so deep in a category and you're the expert, there might be other ways to sell that where it feels like an like a true additional value than an right. additional sale. But this conversation you and I are having right now after I lost the $50,000 on the website, right. you know, because I didn't, because I didn't do any of the market research, you know, 2020. Yeah, we should, right. I mean, you and I could have had this conversation a year ago would have saved me a lot of money. So the other thing that I also think what comes out of this conversation is a lot of people, when they talk about launching a new product, whether it's for an existing business or for a startup, um, sometimes we don't, we, we don't have the patience and we don't have the budget to put into for, to research it first. So many people are just go, go, go. Sure. Instead of just saying, you know what? I'm going to take 10 grand or 15 grand or whatever, and I'm going to do some surveys and I'm going to do some focus groups and I'm going to hire somebody to help me with a lot of research part-time to, to put together all the data I need before with the, with the intention of saying, I'm not going to, I'd rather spend 15 grand. I would have rather spent 15 grand not to have spent the 50 grand right. on that website um, than obviously the other way around. You know, I think you're in a unique situation where you're an established business, you're, right. you're in your category, you know, you're trying to kind of add something new. I think if it's a brand new business and they're kind of one of those local based, you know, folks and they're trying to figure out, can this work? Will this work? Right. They might not have the luxury of even two grand for right. research, right? So I think the first piece of advice I've, I've given that I think I've learned is that people always like to share their opinion. 
So if you're comfortable or if you have a, a friend or a colleague who's comfortable asking what do you think about this, people always want to tell you what they think. I think as, um, as a product owner or as a company owner, what you, you want to start to do is separate true feedback from when someone switches into like, well, I would do it this way mode. Um, and not that there's not something to be learned there, but, but you shouldn't lose sight of what you're trying to do, but just figure out where you're comfortable moving and how that will still serve your, your, your constituency, right? Um, I think another thing is that there's probably a lot of resources out there that we don't think about. So, you know, say you have a, like a new retail store launching in a downtown district, right? Mm -hmm. So we're based in Hartford. Um, you know, we have a great young professional group that brings, you know, a thousand folks to events on a monthly basis across the city in different ways, but they have a pretty big network and they're all about economic development. So right. as a new company, you're trying to kind of get set up in an area, look for groups like that that might have large cohorts of people who closely align to your market. I, see if you can reach out and get some free feedback. I, I also I have to interrupt you. That, that's a, another great idea is that if you're looking to launch a product, um, yes, you can ask your customers, but there are networking groups, there are business community groups, there are associations in there. You should be reaching out to them. And you said earlier in our discussion, people like to give their opinions. I mean, yeah. you know, if somebody comes to me and says, what do you think? Like, I have a, a new scotch tape dispenser that I want to that I want to sell. What are your thoughts on that? I'd be more than happy to give you my thoughts on that. You're asking, you know, people, people like it. to talk about themselves. They right? do. Even the they most do. humble love to express how they feel. It's just that we don't have enough patience to right. go out and talk to enough people and get their opinions. And in my opinion, because my ego is so big, I don't think I wanted to hear bad news. I don't sure. think I wanted to hear people say to me, that's a dumb idea, Gene. People aren't going to be wanting to do training. They're busy at work all day. Or they're not going to want to pay an extra $99 a month for training when they could find that same stuff in a YouTube video somewhere. It's like, I didn't want to hear that. And I think as business owners, we have to be prepared to hear bad news about the idea because we should know that that bad news will help save us money in the long term if we do that research. For sure. And I think, you know, you made a good point too, where you don't want to just hear someone, you know, being a Debbie Downer on, on this thing that you think is great. Right. And I think that's fair. I think, you know, what we have the responsibility as a person trying to get information from is really setting up the conversation so we're getting actionable feedback. Right. right? So not necessarily like, well, why don't you love my idea? Right. Because you're making that really kind of qualitative and personal and, and you're not going to get a ton out of that. But okay, this feels like you're you're not totally vibing with it. Like, what would you do to make it better? Or how could I tweak this to make it more suit your needs? So kind of focusing on that, like, what and how, so you get an action out of it versus the why, I think is a really important part as we're asking people if it's a more informal kind of conversation. So we can take something out of it that we can actually, you know, make some changes and come back and be like, well, what do you think of this? Or does this kind of feel more right to you? Um, because you can make it an ongoing conversation, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. This is probably going to take time. And with any research, you need a certain amount of scale so you can weed out like opinion from fact and kind of find that middle ground and figure out what it is that you can do to kind of knock it out of the park. Perfect. Well, John, this is a great conversation. Um, I think we have some great takeaways. Uh, obviously, do your research. Put some money away in advance. Don't be afraid of getting bad, negative feedback. Yeah, uh, be your friend. Yeah, if it, bad feedback can be your friend. Talk to not only customers, but people outside of your company You know, as well. Take your time when you do your market research. Before I let you go, um, just one final, what are your thoughts on market research reports? For a small business owner, is, do you think they're worth it? Or do you think the things we've talked about today would, would be sufficient? So I think it depends on one, the size of your organization, right. like to your budget and three, what you're really trying to accomplish. So if it's just getting 
like initial feedback to kind of guide you along next steps. I think something more informal and something probably more local is is better okay. because you're you're really in the community and the audience that you're trying to serve. I think that if you're trying to scale or if your your audience is changing or if your audience is a very um I don't want to say inconsistent, but if they're a continually evolving one, then you want to probably put more rigor around it and find out a consistent way you can start to measure and access them so you're regularly ahead of meeting their needs. Makes sense. Because it takes time to put something out back into the world too, right? So you want to kind of the benefit of a program like that is that you you also kind of build on the cadence of release and okay. research, release and research. Right. I don't think you can ever have enough insight. It's just figuring out how you can use it. You know, most of it probably shouldn't be reactionary because you are your own business. You're not everyone else. But, it, you know, you're taking a huge risk when you become a small business owner. And I don't mean that in a scary way, but it's a really bold move. You had a dream or you found a need and you're like, I can do this. So you kind of owe it to yourself to put the work behind it to make sure that you're giving your your kind of your dream the best shot at success, right? And, and I think that input and feedback and research is a really critical part of that. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Just a little discussion on market research. Uh, my name is Gene Marks. I, John Adikonis has been with me here, my my partner here on the on the Hartford Small Business Ed podcast. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us on all the major sites that are out there. If you've uh, if if you're just hearing us just on a one off. Um, our podcast can be found on smallbizahead.com. And any final words, John? Yeah. So in the spirit of research and feedback, mm-hmm. this is my first show. Um, so please leave us a review. Let us know what you think, if these topics are interesting to you. And we'll listen to your feedback and, and take that into the next one. Five stars from me. That'll get us all down. <laughs> I'm the first reviewer there. So that was a great job. We've got hundreds more to do together, John. So get ready. We have a lot more. Copy. Now, John is a, specializes in marketing, but knows a lot about all other aspects of small business. So lots more conversations to have. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 